Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and this is the second episode in a series on overcoming overwhelm. So first off, I am not an expert. Big surprise to you. But I want to offer a few tips that have helped me. First, we're often overwhelmed when we anticipate what is on our to-do list, whatever is upcoming. So whether it's writing a paper for school, planning a major event, or an important job interview, it doesn't really matter what the overwhelming thing is in our life. As it looms closer, our sense of overwhelm grows larger. And often I find the anticipation of the thing can often be worse than the actual thing itself. It doesn't mean the thing won't still be tricky or difficult, but if I allow myself to dwell on it, anticipating how difficult and negative it will be puts me in a depleted state of mind. It makes me more nervous about whatever it is I'm going to face. And instead of facing it confidently, I'm facing it full of worry and fear. I don't know if you're familiar with the Jesus Calling devotional, but I have the app on my phone and I love this phrase from the January 16th entry. And it simply says, as you anticipate what is ahead of you, you forget that I am with you now and always. Rehearsing your troubles results in experiencing them many times. Whereas you are meant to go through them only when they actually occur. Do not multiply your suffering in this way. I read that and I thought, wow, how often have I multiplied my suffering by rehearsing my anticipated struggles? Then it says, instead, come to me and relax in my peace. I will strengthen you and prepare you for this day, transforming your fear into confident trust. The verse from that day is from Matthew eleven twenty eight, and it's one of my favorites. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And isn't that just like Jesus? It's not forced. It's an invitation to walk freely and lightly when we take his hand. And he understands our fear and worry. Luke shares that his sweat was like drops of blood as he prayed the night he was arrested. He knew what he was walking into and it was intense. He understands anticipating a big thing. And I want to say that simply because we are walking with Jesus, it doesn't mean that we won't feel any anxiety about what we are facing. Our world has become a place to quickly diagnose and medicate. And I want to say there is a level of anxiety that is normal. When we face things that are big, and it doesn't matter if they aren't big to others, if it's a big deal to us, it's a big, sorry, it's a big deal. Um, So there is a level of anxiety that is natural and is normal. And when we face big things, we will experience some heart flutters and maybe even a sleepless night or two. When we're planning a big event, starting a new job, moving to a new city, or whatever our big thing might be, Some anxiety is normal. That is your body's natural response to what you are anticipating. The thing we don't want is to let whatever we are anticipating 
cause us to spiral into an unhealthy place, a place where the overwhelm takes over, where we really can't sleep, where we can't think about anything else, where we start doing quirky things to cope because we don't really know what else to do. I remember about two years ago when my youngest was only a few months old and there was this huge storm that was supposed to hit our city over the weekend. Now, I'm not usually too freaked out by storms, but for some reason, our power seemed to go out any time we had a storm of any kind. And my husband was going to be out of town that weekend. So I was imagining myself and my three kids huddled in the cold around my little flashlight and it sent me into a huge panic. So I rushed off to the store the night before he left and I bought an embarrassing amount of flashlights and lanterns. I was so worried about surviving the upcoming weekend. I don't think I really slept at all that night. So the next day we're at home and he's packing up his things when the wind picks up and sure enough, our power goes out. And I would love to say I chose a calm response to the situation, but I basically turned into a psycho mama crazy mode and I ran through the house packing up everything we could possibly need for the weekend. I threw the suitcases into the van and I drove to the other side of town where an incredibly kind girlfriend had offered to host us if indeed our power went out. I still remember the look on her husband's face as he grabbed bag after bag from my van and he was probably thinking, "Um, how long are you staying with us? But here's the crazy thing. My power went out for about an hour the entire weekend. It came back on after about an hour and actually the whole storm ended up not being so crazy after all. And all of my fears and anxieties, they could have been realized, but I wasted so much energy anticipating the storm that I was so exhausted and not even able to think straight when the actual anticipated storm hit. And it doesn't have to be an actual physical storm, but for so many of us, we think about our worst fears. We think about the what ifs in our life and anticipate so many things that never ever really happen. But in our heads, our emotions, and even sometimes they're played out physically through our anxiety, we live these anticipated fears again and again. And I think a lot of the time, it's because of our desire to keep ourselves and everyone in our lives safe and happy. And in order to do that, we feel like we need to be in control. I remember when I first got married and I moved to the big city of Vancouver from a tiny, safe Vancouver island. I developed a phobia of being a passenger in a car. And as my husband would drive us downtown, I would slam on my own made-up brake on my side of the car. I would loudly gasp when I thought we were too close to another car. And as my husband pointed out, my actions were probably a little more dangerous as they often made him unnecessarily slam on his real brakes. I would even sometimes lay flat in my seat as fast or sorry, as flat as I could go when we crossed bridges or I felt like I couldn't cope with the current driving situation. And looking back now, it seems totally ridiculous. But um, and again, I don't know if this was if my husband's driving skills were a little aggressive at the time. But ultimately, it came down to the fact that I didn't trust him. We were newly married and I was just getting to know him as a driver. But as we grew in our relationship and as I grew in my trust of him, this phobia went away. It's actually so long ago that I don't remember if it was an instant cure or if it was gradual, but 
it's a pretty good metaphor for where a lot of us are at. We believe that we ultimately must be in control. So even though we are not the driver in the car of our lives, we try to be. We gasp, we hit the brakes, we do whatever else we can to try and gain control. And ultimately it's because we don't trust God, at least not fully. And I get that. If I'm honest, for a long time, my view of God was that he was waiting to drop a bomb on me. I couldn't really give control over to him because if I did, then he would do something bad to me. I believed that someone in my life would get sick and die and my life would become a lesson or an example to others, or he'd send me to Africa or cause me to get sick and die. My fear of God meant that I had to be in control and I had to keep everyone in my life safe. I didn't fully trust him. And I think it's because I didn't fully know him. Despite growing up in a Christian home, despite having a relationship with him for most of my life, yes, I had Jesus living in my heart, but I still held on to the keys of control. So what does this have to do with overwhelm? Well, for this week, we'll simply focus on the fact that anticipation of whatever we're facing in life is often worse than the thing itself. And when we anticipate whatever it is without holding God's hand and believing that he wants good things for us, we can end up in a state of overwhelm. It doesn't mean we won't experience normal levels of anxiety. It also doesn't mean we won't experience any pain or loss in our lives. As hard as it is to say, pain and loss is simply part of the human experience. I've seen far too many people lose their faith in God when they have their first experience of pain and loss, but that's when we need God the most. We don't want to wait, though, for something difficult in our lives to turn to God. For years, I would go to God when I desperately needed him, but when life was going well, I would forget all about him. He longs to bring you peace at all times. Philippians 4.7 says, The peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard, your, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It transcends all understanding. We literally can't understand the peace he is able to bring us. And the challenge sometimes is that we fight, we fight that peace when we let ourselves dwell on things that aren't true. I'm just going to say that again because I think it's so key. We fight that peace when we let ourselves dwell on things that aren't true, when we focus on our fears and what ifs. So I want to leave you uh, with the two verses that follow from Philippians 4, 8, and 9. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I used to read this verse and think it was about a field of wildflowers. Don't ask me why. But for some reason, the word lovely triggered that image. But what stands out for me now when I read it is the first line, whatever is true. And I think that's the key for us. When we focus on what is true instead of what if, when we know that God will be with us regardless of what future things come our way, we are met with his peace. 
Your challenge for this week is every time you think, what if? Or if your mind goes to worst case scenario, or you start anticipating the thing that wants to overwhelm you, I want you to reframe it. I want you to think about what is instead of what if. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So I want you to use your thoughts to help you thrive this week. Looking forward to connecting again next week. Thanks for joining me today. If you'd like to connect more, you can find me hanging out on Instagram at Jacqueline.Widener. This has been an Extend Network production.